Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is a father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Tally ho. We are. <laughs> Tally ho to you, sir. <laughs> Good, sir. <laughs> Uh, we are the fantasy football fathers. This is our podcast. And today we have a matchups episode. We're going to go through every single freaking matchup. But before that, but before that, <laughs> we must follow the rules <laughs> and make sure you know that we have a Twitter account and that Twitter <laughs> handle is at the FF fathers. So follow us, tweet at us. Um, tell us how much we suck and how much our picks suck or how great they are. Cause usually they are usually, usually. Um, so if you're new to the show, we, um, we are three lifelong friends that, um, have been playing fantasy football. What did we decide last week? Um, Combined 40, 40 plus ish. years. We're not going to do the mass. We only do fantasy points, okay? <laughs> <laughs> a long time. Um, so I only count half it and half BPR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we um, just you know decided to start our own podcast because we like talking about it. So why not broadcast it to the world um, and put our takes on wax, as Trey might say. I'm just going to show this to my grandkids and be like, I was right. You see that? I was right about this. I was right about that. And I was right about Travis Kelsey falling off as of this week going forward. Oof. Started off hot there. Uh, Before we get to that, let's talk matchups. And, um, well, as you know, probably by now, there's four teams on by Chicago, Cincinnati, Houston, and the Giants. So you don't get to start Jamar Chase. This week, or any of the other Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Pretty disrespectful to some other players, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess David Montgomery's coming back next week. That'll be nice. But, um, uh, yeah, let's start here with the Falcons at the Cowboys. The- well, that's how bad the buys, the buys are. The buys are bad. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Falcons at the Cowboys. Uh, so the Dallas Cowboys are nine-point favorites right now, and the over-under is 54-and-a-half. Seems every game Dallas is in, the over-under is (laughs) 50-plus. Zeke was limited at practice, um, again, with a minor knee injury. Um, Expected to be fine for the game, so you're good there. Amari Cooper, though, limited with a hamstring injury. Um, That's... That's a little scary because, you know, hamstrings can obviously be a lingering injury. Um, and we know Cooper has dealt with a lot of lingering injuries um, throughout the years. So that's a little sketchy. Um, dealt with or just prolonged? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has been dealing with this hamstring thing for like three weeks now. He hasn't missed any game time. I wouldn't wor- worry too much about it. Offense as a whole kind of bad last week <laughs> to say the least um Dak salvages his day with some garbage time points are you guys hesitant at all um starting Dak or really anybody on the Dallas side no no I'm not 
<laughs> um, I'm not sure how Trey feels about that, but um, I mean, they're playing a pretty terrible defense. It was Dak's first game back, and this isn't the first time that Dak's had his first game back after missing a game for injury and like looked kind of rough. Like he seems like this happened a few years in a row now, where he comes back and it's like, oh, that first game kind of sucked. Then he picks back up where he left off. So, uh, no, I'm not worried about it. And again, they're playing a pretty crappy Falcons defense. Yeah, I'm not worried about Dak like at all. He has a real nice floor. Once he stays healthy, he's a top five quarterback in fantasy. So he's definitely good. Amari Cooper, though, I, I feel like I'm worried about him. He's just so inconsistent. Irby's laughing. I'm not going to just shit all <laughs> it was over like him. week in, I'm, week out. I know. This, this is an actual non-Raiders fan, <laughs> like home or take it all. This is just straight, pure fantasy football. He's been super inconsistent, and the fact that he's coming back from a hamstring injury, hamstring injury as a wide receiver it's just I'm I'd be worried about him. He's he's went over 15 point or went double digits what twice? Um four times. Four oh, yeah, times. Okay, yeah, four, four, yeah, four, yeah, out so four out of nine times. I, I mean that's pretty inconsistent. That's honestly the kind of stuff that like loses you fantasy leagues having a player like that. Yeah, I'd say keep an eye on uh the injury reports through Friday and Saturday. Um hopefully he's back and 100% ready to go. Um, on Sunday, if he is, I think you got to start him. Same, obviously, you're starting CD. Um, Schultz, I think you can start at tight end as well. Um, he's you been, have to. Yeah, he's been good. He's top ten. Um, on the Atlanta side, it's you know no, still no Calvin Ridley. So really, you're looking at Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson, and then the only question mark really is is Russell Gage. Um, so. Do you feel Russell Gage is worth a flex this week? I, I think Russell Gage honestly is like kind of settling back into his old role of just kind of like a, a, a shorter um, target guy, high targets. So, I mean, like, you know, like average depth, like nine yards, catching like eight passes a game. Really, he's only going to be relevant in PPR. He, he's a much less of a question mark, though, as he was like earlier in the season to me, honestly. I think things are smoothing out with him. Uh, knowing that Calvin Ridley's out and he's gonna just be that guy. Yeah, I I kind of agree. I think you can uh, you know flex him this week if needed uh, in deeper leagues. Eight targets last week, uh, seven receptions, sixty four yards. Um, so that's good volume. Hopefully that continues. Um, like we talked about in our last show, they need someone to step up. So um, outside of Pitts, outside of Patterson. So hopefully uh, Gage can fill that role. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Gage is, is a pretty healthy flex play this week. Um, he seems like he's gonna, you know, go back into like Trey said, back into that role as still receiver number two with Ray, really because Pitts is obviously receiver number one in this situation. Um, the interesting guy actually I want to bring up is Mike Davis. So last week with no, Ridley, with, <laughs> with no, I'm just I'm not like trying to start him by any means, but with uh, Calvin Ridley not playing, Cordell Patterson had the, had more receiving work last week. Than he had all season. Yeah. Um. They flex them out wide much more often than they have all year. So does that mean that Mike Davis gets more touches? Um. As the kind of the running back number one in his offense, he didn't really show it last week. But I think it's a situation to keep your eye on going forward. Yeah, definitely keep your eye on it. Um. But yeah, I'm definitely not looking to start Mike Davis anytime soon. This is one last thing on the Russell Gage situation. Honestly, like. <laughs> He's not going to be like a big play guy, but I'm just looking at the rest of the roster. I'm just like, okay, who can be that guy? Like Tajay Sharp? No. We already, yeah, right. Alameda Zacchaeus. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right now. 
he's had his opportunities. He hasn't really quite performed yet. Maybe he's not there, right? right? Okay. Yeah, he did have two touchdowns last week, but he's only on three targets. So Yeah, it was kind of fluky. That's, it's very fluky. Yeah, extremely fluky, yes. Reminds, a little bit like DPJ, but with less potential. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but behind Russell Gage is Keelan Doss. Um, this is a guy who's like a Raiders practice squad guy for a couple of years, fan favorite, and that's all you need to know about somebody. Practice squad guy, fan favorite. <laughs> Been in the league for a couple of years on the Raiders, couldn't make the team. I, I just don't think he's going to produce if he gets the opportunity. So Russell Gage, they're going to be forced to use him unless they really bring in someone from outside. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Saints taking on the Titans. The Titans are three-point favorites. The over-under is 44.5 points. Uh, Titans defense has looked good as of late. Apparently they were talking about how they needed to step up after Derrick Henry went down, which, you know, I don't know why they're not stepping up before Derrick Henry goes down, but, (laughs) but apparently they're, they're here to play now. So, um, they look good. Um, you know, they shut down one of the best, most explosive offenses last week. Are you worried about starting? Kamara this week? I mean, no, right? You guys have heard the inklings, right, of the Saints trying out multiple running backs this week? Yeah. Uh, does that make you worried that they're not like disclosing a Kamara injury? I, I'm honestly, I'm buying into like weird online hype right now. <laughs> I've been alone with my baby all day. Yeah, um, and that's what I've been reading. <laughs> I really the only thing that worries me for Kamara is, is Mark Ingram, and well, it looks like Mark Ingram's season is what like like I said, I've been down this little internet rabbit hole, and people are convinced that Kamara might have like a secret injury that they're high, they're not, not disclosing, and Mark Ingram is there to capitalize. Hmm. That's my conspiracy news of the day. Well, I mean, he does have a mild knee sprain that's been reported so far. He's he's been uh, limited at practice or did not practice. Uh, either Wednesday or Thursday, but they are saying that the injury is not significant and they expect him to play just fine on Sunday. Um, Why would you bring in multiple running backs? Just in case, week, maybe. Though, you know, Mark Ingram also. Like, I, I guess that's what you were saying. They, I'm sure they probably want, blew that up. They need someone to take the load off of Kamara a little bit. That, I mean, I think that's why they went and got Mark Ingram. But um, really, the only, I think the question mark here is Mark Ingram. Like, is he flex worthy yet? For me, it's like I want to see it a little bit more before I'm starting him. I don't know if you guys feel different, but I mean, would you start Mark Ingram with with all the conspiracy theories you're? Well, no, they're, they're just theories that I'm reading, <laughs> and I'm just that's why I'm asking you guys about them. You know, it's um, I, I'm on the same train as you. I need I need to see it, but I have a lot of faith that Mark Ingram is going to be a, a very worthy of starting um, pretty soon. Yeah, and it's looking like weeks. it's looking like Trevor Simeon's gonna be the quarterback again, um, unfortunately. <laughs> so no Taysom Hill yet. Um so really that's kind of where the line ends. Um You gotta think about with Mark Ingram, he hasn't really handled like a full load um really ever in his career, right? Yeah. So he he's not as, you know, weathered as a lot of other running backs his age. He's still relatively young. So they could definitely try to revert to their older offense if they want. To try it out, at least. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he had 15 touches in his first game back in the offense. Um, I could definitely see them lean on him a little more if Kamara's injury is, you know, maybe a little bit more um, than what they're what they're talking about. In terms of, obviously, you're starting Kamara. That's not a, that's not a question. Um, but I am certainly like, 
holding expectations a little lower this week because this offense is so one-dimensional right now. Yeah. And the Tennessee de- or t- defense is playing lights out. Um, I mean, with those guys, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Tennessee do what Miami just did to Baltimore tonight and just, you know, put nine in the box and say, okay, try to beat us. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm worried about it too. Um, really trying to avoid the Saints at this time. Um, Tennessee side, though, are we throwing our chips in on one player in the backfield this week? Are any worth starting um, against the Saints? Nope. Once again, I'm waiting for it to play out. But if I had to, why wouldn't it be Adrian Peterson? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? Can you convince me otherwise, honestly? No, like, like honestly, I wouldn't start any of them. Um, but if you had to, right? If like I had saying, to, it would be Peterson at this point. But I honestly think... If I had to, I'd start Mark Ingram over all three. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I would too. Um, I think Deontay Foreman's going <laughs> to... What? <laughs> what? Oh, for playing the if I had game, I would I would have picked up Henry Ruggs when he was drinking that night, okay? <laughs> so we're playing if I had. <laughs> but if you're you know choosing between Mark Ingram or Peterson... I would have picked up Henry Ruggs. <laughs> <laughs> From the club that night. Him and his girlfriend broke up the fight, everything. But no, um, yeah, Mark Ingram for sure. Um. I think Deonta Foreman will get work in this game. I think all three backs will. Um, I think they're still trying to work out what their what, what the pecking order is going to be moving forward without Henry. So I don't feel confident in any of those backs. Um, with you know Tannehill and the in re, the receivers, um, AJ Brown, you're starting. I think Julio's not hurt anymore it popped up this morning questionable with a hammy okay yep came so, up this morning probably not starting julio jones he finally um, gets healthy for one week and then hurts himself in practice yeah like, or jesus exited, exited practice early on thursday so not looking good there so pretty much aj brown would you start Tannehill, tyler you're wrong on him last it's worth saying it's he's questionable not doubtful yeah so that helps yeah, and Julio's played a lot of games this year, and honestly, the last few years hurt, so I'm sure he'll be in there. Um, yeah, I was wrong on Tannehill last week. I was going off of just a gut feeling thing that he'd be able to step it up, but in all honesty, this entire offense sucked last week. I know they were dominant against the Rams, but that was only because their defense, the, the offense, was was as you know pitiful as it gets. So um, now I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> um, I don't think Tannehill's a great stream this week, honestly. We'll see what happens going forward, but uh, I'm I'm backing away right now. Yeah, Saints defense has been pretty good, so I would I would look elsewhere as well. Uh, Jaguars taking on the Colts. The Colts are ten and a half point favorites. The over under is forty seven and a half points. Uh, James Robinson did not practice on Wednesday, um, but they're optimistic that he'll be able to play this weekend. Um, would you guys feel comfortable starting him coming off the injury? He was limited at practice on Thursday. So that's a good sign. Yeah. So you'd feel good playing him if he's active, 100% ready to go Sunday. Yeah, definitely. For sure. He's the only one on the entire offense, but he's the one. <laughs> if not, would you flex or would you play Carlos Hyde? I would flex Carlos Hyde if James Robinson is out. He'll get a huge workload, so it's worth, you know, Throw him in there, but I'm not. He's not gonna be a running back one or two. He's a flex play. 
Yeah, he's definitely a flex play. Carlos Hyde, honestly, is a perfect example of why James, James Robinson is undervalued. Carlos Hyde comes in with like a larger workload than James Robinson has seen for most of the season and puts oh, up less yardage. James Robinson is really, really good. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's, he's undervalued. He's man. so underrated. Um, it's crazy, and I don't know why he hasn't gotten a larger workload from Urban Meyer, but the Urban Meyer's proving to be um, an idiot, <laughs> a bit incompetent <laughs> in NFL a strategy. Um, on the Jaguars' <laughs> side, though, receivers, Dan Arnold, for me, is definitely a start, and that's it. Okay. I, Sorry, I, I forgot about, about our beloved Dan Arnold. Yeah, Dan Arnold gets a start. Yeah. Um, you got to start him. Do you guys have issues when you see the name not thinking, like, Darnold, as in Sam Darnold? Like, <laughs> No. Okay, <laughs> that's just me? All right. Yeah, no, I don't, but I might now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the the targets for Dan Arnold have been um, crazy. So for tight end, it's um, it's nuts. So you got to start him um, on the Colts side. You know Jonathan Taylor. Uh, obviously, you're starting. Uh, what about the receivers? Pittman, you like, obviously. Uh, but anyone else? Nope. For now, I'm stuck with Pittman and um. Yeah. I well, how like, bad is it to be stuck with Michael Pittman? <laughs> I, I guess I'm stuck with him. I'm stuck on him, I guess you would say. Um, but Carson Wentz is heating up. It, it, I'm curious to see who's going to be like that second person on the offense that's worthy of like consistently playing. Right now, I, I honestly do not know who that's going to be. T.Y. could clear concussion protocols and play on Sunday. So I think, um, you know, obviously like Zach Pascal is there and stuff. But if T.Y. is healthy, he slides right into the – top of the pecking order right there with Pittman I would imagine yeah Pittman's still your receiver number one um I know after like that first game two I was back it was a little worrisome but I, I think at this point Pittman's just like played even better since TY's come in except for that first game and um I think Hilton does slide in as a good little receiver number two which puts him as a probably low-end flex play for the week this might be a bit of a reach but I mean TY Hilton could be Michael Pittman's Tyler Lockett to his DK Metcalf Hmm. Could be. Are you playing Naeem Hines again this week? Playing the Jags, who are 13th ranked defense against running backs this year. And after last week, I'd be really tempted because he helped me out a lot last week. I was forced to play him. I'm scared about chasing the points, though. Yeah, yeah. See, and that's exactly why. Against the Jaguars, I... um. The Colts just love Jonathan Taylor too much. Even when they're up by a lot, they still use him. So, yeah. Um, they have to be up by a lot of points. We're talking like 30, 40 for like them to really bench Jonathan Taylor at this point. Yeah. And actually, I am not going with Hines this week, specifically because, as, as we know, he is the uh, pass catching back here. And that's where he gets most of his production. And the Jaguars have only given up 263 yards through the air to running backs, which is the sixth best in the league. So, this becomes a Jonathan Taylor type of game, and Hines should be on your bench. Alrighty. Um let's move on to the next matchup here. The Browns taking on the Patriots. The Patriots are one and a half point favorites over under forty five points. Um Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson both missed practice today, um, Thursday, that is. Um they were out again. Um so that leaves Brandon Bolden and JJ Taylor. Um, as the backs in New England, um, but as we know, Bill 
if he needs to pull someone from the depths of whatever practice squad or someone we've never heard of, he probably will. Um, but if both Damian Harris and Ramondre are out, would you feel comfortable starting Brandon Bolden? I'll be honest. I haven't like looked into it too much. But all I know is like, all I know is I heard those two have concussions and the first person I thought of was Brandon Bolden. And yeah. so why, like, why wouldn't it be him? And unless uh, there's something that I don't know, I feel like it would have to be. I mean, I'm sure JJ Taylor would be involved, uh, but I, I would imagine they'd look to the older Brandon Bolden as, as the guy for the week. I still don't feel great about it though. <laughs> yeah, I think um, if Stevenson and Harris are both out, he, Bolden becomes a flex play. But I'm leaving it there. Yeah. Um, intriguing though. Intriguing oh, sure. flex play for sure. But like, as James said, that like Bill be the one who like pulled off, you know, like he just like pulls somebody at, like maybe he puts his son back there at running back for all we know. It was like, Hey, go score 80, you know, get 80 yards uh, and uh, touchdown. His he son's would. too busy doing meth and drawing up weird defensive <laughs> plays. He trades, watch him trade for Rex Burkhead and bring him back. Yeah. He trades for him Sunday morning, puts yeah. him in the game Sunday afternoon. <laughs> He's just starting running back. Um, on the Cleveland side, uh, Chubb and Demetric Felton both tested positive for COVID-19. Um, so it is looking more and more unlikely that they will be available for the game. Um, I think they are both vaccinated, but they have to test po- uh, negative twice or two days in a row or something like well, that. Well, yeah, right? twi- two positive t- or negative tests within 24 hours. Um, so there's still a chance they could both play come Sunday, but it's completely up in the air, basically until like Saturday afternoon or maybe even Sunday morning. So it's uh super dicey. So Dearness Johnson becomes an automatic play. I think I wouldn't expect a, a huge game like his last game. I just, you know, I would temper expectations, but obviously the team knows how to run the ball really well, and Dearness has looked good. So he's an automatic play for me if they're out. But it'll be interesting this game if Chubb and Felton are out because it'll be, um, it'll be Hunt and Johnson, right? Instead of being no, no Hunt's no, not Hunt's back yet. Not back yet. Oh, Hunt's not back yet. No. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah, it's just Johnson. It'll be just him. The issue is that you know they're playing the Patriots, and if it's just Johnson, Belichick's be like, okay, well, let's you know put nine in the box or eight in the box and see if Baker Mayfield can beat us. Yeah, and you know, speaking of, would you? Be okay starting Jarvis Landry then in that situation, or Donovan Peoples Jones, your guy. Well, the thing is, uh, like we're assuming the Patriots are going to shut down the the Browns, right? Because of Bill Belichick, which I agree, obviously. Bill Belichick's definitely going to game plan well. Yeah. But either way, someone's going to eat. So who's going to eat, right? And I think it's going to be either Jarvis Landry or Peoples Jones. Yeah, I mean, those are the only two guys you could really consider starting. Um, the only, it might be Najoku, who knows? <laughs> yeah, and for that reason, the only guy I would start is Dearness Johnson on this team. Um, I wouldn't start any of the receivers or Najoku. Yeah, I've, I've, obviously you're praying Chubb's back, then it's not really an issue. Um, but other than that, John, if they're out, Johnson's my only play too, only because I have zero confidence in any of the receivers producing. Um, I'm sure one will, like as Trey said, someone has to, but I'm not trying to, you know, Play bet on who game. it's going to be. Yeah. 
Uh, Bills taking on the Jets. The Bills are 12.5-point favorites. The over-under is 47.5 points. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mike White is getting the start again. Um, Does that make anyone on this Jets team startable in your opinion? Am I crazy for saying it makes everyone on that team more startable? More um, startable? I don't think you're wrong, but would you start any of them? <laughs> I'm not saying like everyone, right? But, I mean, last time he played, there were guys who definitely had elevated performances. Um, I don't want to say the names. I get their names mixed up so much. Yeah, um, Michael Carter and um, Ty Johnson out of the backfield got a lot of check downs. So I think those are plays you can look to, mostly Michael Carter. Um, I I wouldn't start Elijah Moore yet. I think the two touchdowns, I mean, they were – it was – Josh Johnson that threw him both, I think. Or Joe Johnson? Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. <laughs> Been in the league for so long. Um, so yeah. Pay respect. I wouldn't go chasing points with Elijah Moore. Um, Corey Davis is supposed to be back this week also. So that's another, you know, weapon in the offense. Um, so for me, the only person I would consider starting is is Michael Carter. My thing is, I'm definitely like I'm I'm on board with Michael Carter, like a mofo. I just feel like with Mike White, it really elevates Michael Carter. I don't know how to explain it. Like he he was picking up, you know, he was heating up, right? But then when Mike White came in, he just he took off. His yards per carry it went up by like one and a half. Um, even his yards per target, you know, went up. I'm not sure if I'm missing a big play. Maybe that's probably like you know inflating his average. But uh, for whatever reason, when Mike White's in the game, Michael Carter gets more yards. Yeah. Um, it's And there's probably going to be a lot of garbage time points, I would imagine, for the Jets. Yeah, there could be. It's just, oh, man. I mean, they're playing, a, like, without question, the best defense in the NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, they're first in total yards. They're first in passing yards. They're fourth in rushing yards. They're first in points per game. They're first in the turnover di- differential. And second, total turnovers, you want to take. Well, the offense doesn't turn the ball over. Not true. They're mm-hmm. they're just good at getting takeaways. Um, I mean, if you want to consider Michael Carter, I think you can. But I mean, even last week against Indianapolis, he put up a pretty subpar game. You know, forty nine yards on the ground and thirty seven through the air. Uh, he gave you all of nine points, and now he's playing a better defense. This is just. I don't want to play any Jets players if I can. Um, on the Bills side, um, I think it's a you know, get right game, which I think uh, is a general consensus on this matchup for the Bills weapons. Um, So obviously, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs are starting, Emmanuel Sanders um, starting. Cole Beasley is uh, banged up. He didn't practice Wednesday. I'm not sure about Thursday. I don't have an updated Uh, report. Back on Thursday. He was back on Thursday, okay. And also Dawson Knox is supposed to be or potentially coming back uh, for this game. So for me, I think if Dawson Knox is back and active and healthy, I'm Dawson playing Knox him. was a full participant on Thursday okay, practice. So, yeah, so. you're playing Dawson Knox, um, and for that reason, I'm not playing Cole Beasley. Um, yeah, that's how it breaks down for me. I mean, are we going to talk about how the Jets have like the worst run defense? 
Oh yeah, I mean, well, I was gonna get to the running back. So oh, okay. Zach Moss has been out, <laughs> and Devin Singletary, you're obviously starting if Zach Moss is out, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the Jets like their worst game of the year was giving Christian McCaffrey 17 points. So I I think if someone gets a a majority of the workload, they're gonna have a, a huge game. Um, the thing is, it looks like Zach Moss will be back though. He did practice today in a limited uh, uh capacity, and wearing a non-contact jersey because he is still technically in concussion protocol. But him practicing at all is always a good sign. Yeah. Um, so he'll probably clear. That means it's gonna be more of a fifty-fifty backfield again, which makes them probably both flex plays this week against you know the awful Jets rush run defense. But uh. But yeah, you know, not not anyone I'm like confident in starting as it has been basically all year. Um, in terms of the pass catchers, I actually think this is a Cole Beasley game, and until Dawson, until I heard Dawson Knox coming back, and now I'm super iffy. Yeah. Um, plus he's you know banged up. Yeah. So. Yeah, with them being made, up, I mean, because the Jets actually give up most of their yards uh, to short passes underneath and not to the deep passes, which would lead you more towards Cole Beasley versus Emmanuel Sanders. With Knox back though, um, that's that's super iffy. Now I'm not sure because yeah. Cole Beasley did basically jack when Dawson Knox played earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And you know, if if Zach Moss is questionable going into it on Sunday, I think I really think you can start Singletary. Uh, they'll probably lean on him, the healthier back. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everyone. Uh, Lions at the Steelers. The Steelers are nine point favorites. The over under is forty two and a half points. Uh, you know, I I think it remains consistent here. You start Najee, you start Deontay. Um, probably no one else on this team right now. Chase Claypool week to week with the toe injury, which was initially thought to be season ending. Uh, not expected to play this week anyways. Um, do you consider James Washington a flex? I do not. <laughs> I'm just going to Big Ben stats, and they're so bad. It, it's crazy how, um, I guess we're just getting old, man. Big Ben is a 27th-ranked quarterback in fantasy this year. The, the offense looked not good uh, yeah i mean we know <laughs> um, it's the truth right but i'm just gonna throw the stats out there he hasn't even topped 15.2 points they kind of all here they kind of stole the win last week um they did not look great i'm wondering is this the week that dan campbell and the lions get their first win of the season no <laughs> um the steelers defense are, is still too good yeah uh, that's probably true the Lions or the Steelers' offense is just enough to you know get them over the hump, but the Steelers they win because of the because of the defense. Um, yeah. With that being said, uh, James Robinson's not a flex for some reason. I'm just like deep down in my gut, I feel like Ray Ray McLeod's one who steps up over James Washington. Not to mean he's gonna be a flex worthy play, but I just think in general in that offense. Um, I agree. Yeah. With Claypool being out, honestly, I think the guy that elevates most is Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, that's the guy left out. Fryermuth, you can start. Yeah, for sure. Move. Yeah. And the move. So, um, yeah. No, I completely agree with you guys there. And by the way, I just want to get it on wax. I think the Lions can win this game. Right. I think it's I think it's possible for sure after watching the Steelers last week. Like. Possible but not probable. Shout out to our old or my old math teacher and our old horrible football coach. <laughs> <laughs> the Steelers offensive line did not look great. 
obviously Ben is not playing great. Um, so I think there's a chance. If I if I was betting, I might even take the Lions plus nine. Uh, but for fantasy, the Lions um, side of the ball, you're starting Swift, Hawkinson, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Can we give another uh, moment of silence for Tyra Williams? <laughs> no, we cannot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we do not have the time. No. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Washington football team. Buccaneers are nine and a half point favorites over unders 51 and a half points. Um, Antonio Brown. I don't believe is going to be playing um, from what I was reading earlier today. Um, and also Chris Godwin uh, suffered a injury in practice. Um, oh, oh, wow. Awesome. Oh. The week that I traded for him. Yeah. So Godwin didn't practice on Thursday. Um, I, from what I was reading online, the rumors are that it might actually be a fracture in his foot. And if that's the case, he's definitely not playing this week. Um, and it could get dicey going forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you not going to tell me this? I honestly totally now. forgot until we record, <laughs> until we started, until we literally got to the match. Yeah, also I did, I did too. But I was actually reading about that earlier online, yeah. People think it's a, um, I forgot the technical word for it, but a fracture in the foot. I uh, traded Travis Kelsey earlier today and Kadarius Tony for Chris Godwin and TJ Hawkinson. So, And that was in um, a redraft, right? Yeah, redraft. It was in a redraft, after, after yeah. So basically I might have given up <laughs> the best tight end in fantasy football for someone for with Hawkinson. a broken foot <laughs> yeah. and a tight end on a winless team. For a worse tight end. Um, Not much worse, though. Yeah, so for me, yeah, Antonio Brown's not really expected to play either. Um, yeah, yesterday, like, signs were good. Today, signs are bad. So. Yeah, and also Scotty Miller is hurt. Um, so for me, and he might be in the start of the week section, but Mike Evans obviously um, is the biggest beneficiary here. Um, but if all those guys aren't able to go, I think you can – look at flexing Tyler Johnson as well. Especially against the Washington football team, who is the worst in the league against the pass right now, giving up the most points to, bless you, fantasy receivers. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. I I, I, I don't know what else to say. Just, yeah. <laughs> and obviously Tom Brady, <laughs> you're starting. Um, and Gronk's out too. So Mike Evans, Tyler Johnson, fire him up. Um, on the Washington football side, um, Antonio Gibson still questionable after the bye week. So same injury. Um, looks like it's not going away anytime soon. And he's playing the Buccaneers defensive front who are giving up the least amount of points, yards, touchdown, everything to running backs. So I'm really worried about Antonio Gibson this week. Um, in our home league, one of our home leagues, um, I am considering starting Brandon Ayuk over Antonio Gibson in my flex this week because I have Najee and Elijah Mitchell uh, for running backs. So, yikes! Yep. Yeah, I agree with you though. Antonio Gibson's not looking good this week. 
I would try to avoid it, but most likely you probably can't. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I think at best Antonio Gibson is a flex play this week. It's just the matchup sucks. This injury sucks. Yeah. Um, honestly, if, if I could, I'd bench Antonio Gibson. Again, as Trey said, you probably can't, but I'm going to try. Uh, Logan Thomas, last I read, it's not looking good. Um, he was last seen walk, uh, working off to the side at practice on Thursday with that hamstring injury. He remains on injured reserve. Um, there were reports that he was like limping around on Monday. Um, so if he's not able to go, if he is able to go, you start him. If he's not, you start Ricky Seals Jones. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, I think it's a no brainer. If Logan Thomas isn't there, it's Ricky Seals Jones all day. For sure. Honestly, just because I want to bring up the, bring up the question. Ricky Seals Jones, I feel like, has done enough in his the time filling in for Logan Thomas to make this more of a uh, closer like fifty fifty split when Logan Thomas does come back. Do you think that happens, or do you think they just throw Logan Thomas back to like oh hundred percent of snaps? Uh, I think Ricky Seals will stay involved in some fashion. I'd imagine they probably want to keep Logan Thomas healthy, try to keep his snaps limited to some amount, so he doesn't you know reaggravate the hamstring injury because we always. Hamstrings can always come back. That's the thing. So, yeah, I could see that. And you bring up a good point, honestly. But I would like to think whoever's like when they're both healthy, whoever's better is just going to get the the snaps and it's just going to go back to being Logan Thomas again. Possibly, possibly. It's certainly an interesting thing because like if they do go to more, even like a sixty forty split, it makes both of them probably not playable for fantasy wise. It definitely does. Yeah, it would hurt them for sure. Um, don't throw any more confusion into my fantasy season, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, Seahawks taking on the Packers. The Packers are three point favorites. The uh, over under is forty nine and a half points. Um, Russell Wilson, your boy, might be back. Tyler, oh no, he is back. <laughs> Ain't no might in this. He's back. So what are you doing with um Seattle's offense? Starting everyone as. As if Russell never left. Yep. Okay. That that easy. Like, honestly, that's not even a question. Well, I have uh, the Packers as one of my possible starts of the week as far as defense goes. Ooh. Convince me why they're not going to be. Why? Because they're missing. They're going to be missing their top two cornerbacks. Jair Alexander's already on IR, and Eric Stokes is not looking likely to play in this game after injuring his knee in pregame warm-ups last week. How's Russell Wilson's finger looking? 100% according to Russell. <laughs> according to Russell. Oh, and his doctor, actually. His doctor is the one who pulled the pin out, says, so yeah, he's good to go. Oh, okay. Ask your mechanic how well he did. He's going to say, yeah, <laughs> I did a pretty damn good job. And he's not going to be like, yeah, you know, I might have fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Carson could also be back this week. He was practicing Wednesday. Uh, Pete Carroll said that Carson is no, no longer dealing with uh, discomfort in his neck, uh, but they want to reevaluate him after a week of practices before activating him to the active roster. There's a lot of activating and actives there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that means he's not playing. Correct? Oh, 
No, he might. So they they probably won't. If they do activate him, it won't be until um it's probably Saturday night or Sunday morning, as most teams do when they're waiting on this. Jeez. Because they want to keep that then. If he's active, if he gets act, if he activated, you maybe not week one, just because I think they might still bring him back a little slowly. But uh, obviously, I think after that he's good to go. Yeah, I um I wouldn't start him this week. That's that's a little murky to me. Alex Collins is still there. Um, shot Penny, so I think there'll be other guys involved, whether he's back or not, or active or not. Um, yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't start him. This week, but next week for sure. Um, on the Packers side, Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be back. Um, earliest he can clear COVID-19 protocols is Saturday morning. So there could be, you know, there's a chance that he doesn't play, but um, I think we have to prepare as if we th- we assume he's going to play. Um, so kind of back to the same old same old here on the Packers it's Rodgers Devontae and Jones well correct me if I'm wrong but the only reason Aaron Rodgers wouldn't play is if for for whatever reason he tests positive again yes correct yeah okay which is unlikely yeah as I'm saying most of the world would probably say he's not going to test positive again yeah I I doubt he's left it's been a good amount of time right (laughs) So. Um, well, I doubt, I doubt your doubts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he definitely left his house. <laughs> um, um, are you worried about AJ Dillon at all? If you're an Aaron Jones manager, here's my take on it as, as the home home Packers fan. I think last week was kind of a, you know, they knew they were without Rogers. They're still without Bakhtiari. They're still without some other linemen. Um, I really think it was a game where they said we're going to limit Aaron Jones because we don't want any more injuries. We want to keep him healthy for the back stretch of the season, and let's give A.J. Dillon some run. I honestly think that's why he got so much work last week. But are you guys – do you guys feel different this week? Do you feel worried about starting Aaron Jones at all? Or, on the other hand, would you start A.J. Dillon? I feel like he didn't like fully come full circle there. Like well, last year, right? Like AJ Dillon starts to get introduced later in the season, get some good fantasy games. Like, do do you think he's going to continue to do that? As far as like, wh- um, why, why why wouldn't they? Honestly, it, <clears throat> I think he'll be me, involved it, a little bit, but I, it'll be the Aaron Jones show down the stretch, hundred percent. Well, like what they did last year with basically the same offense brought them to the NFC Championship. Right, so maybe. Well, yeah, Aaron Jones missed some time. Like there was the game against Tennessee in the snow where Aaron Jones wasn't in. That was towards the end of the season. AJ Dillon had a big game. Like AJ Dillon is a is a good back, but I think it'll be more Aaron Jones involved for the back end of the season. Um, you know, I still th- I still think you'll see some AJ Dillon, but I don't think you can. I don't think you can start him week in and week out. And and expect consistent fantasy production. Yeah, um, I'm not worried about it at all, honestly. <clears throat> in terms of starting Aaron Jones, and I don't think you could flex AJ Dillon yet either. Um, he said three three other games prior to last week with a higher snap share, snap share, and a higher touch count. So, like, just because like he had a good week, because you know maybe the matchup worked well for him, you know, against Kansas City, like that is for everyone else. 
Like that's why he had such a good you know yards per carry and yards per catch. But I'm not worried about because like he hasn't increased his actual snap share or touch count. Uh. Panthers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are 10.5-point favorites. Um, Over-under is 44 points. Uh, starting on the Cardinals' side, Chase Edmonds, um, you know, out with that ankle sprain, going to miss multiple weeks. James Conner obviously becomes an automatic RB1 start. Um but what do you do with Eno Benjamin if you if you picked him up on waivers? Are you confident starting him against the Panthers? I picked him up on waivers, and I am confident sitting him on my bench and <laughs> waiting to see what happens. He's yeah. promising, but um, I'm not I'm not trying to get all like inflated off of that truck play. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as much as like some people think he's gonna come in and, like immediately take on like the Chris Med- Edmonds role, I just don't see that happening. Um, I if you looked at the snap count up until the injury, it was kind of sixty forty towards Edmonds for most of the year. I don't think that automatically flips to where you know Benjamin's getting forty percent of the snap count. I think it becomes more of a like a seventy five twenty five or sixty thirty uh, in favor of James Conner. So I think Eno Benjamin is definitely a wait and see type of prospect. Um, Kyler Murray wasn't at practice again on Thursday, um, but I'm still kind of expecting him to play. Um, I think they're just taking precautions and practice, uh, making sure that he's healthy, but really like to see him get some sort of practice in on Friday, maybe a limited session that would make me feel more comfortable with it. I was reading that they are comfortable with sitting him, uh, just to preserve his long-term yeah. availability. Yep. I would imagine He's, yeah, that's what I heard too. King, Kingsbury was like, uh, he could not take a single practice rep the entire week and he would play Sunday morning. Like, yeah. not an issue anyway. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins also missed practice on Wednesday. Um, Much more concerning. Yeah. I, it's not looking too great for Hopkins, I believe. Um, did he practice Thursday? No. No, he didn't no, practice. Out Wednesday Thursday. and Thursday. He wasn't even seen on the sideline Thursday at practice. Yeah, so not looking good for Hopkins. Um, if that's the case, are you comfortable starting the other receivers? Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore? A.J. Green only, really. Um, Christian Kirk becomes interesting. Rondale Moore, I mean, we all know how intriguing he is, but we just haven't seen it yet as far as the usage. Yeah, I think you could only – yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, AJ Green for sure. He's back from he li- only practiced limitedly today, but they did act him off the COVID list yesterday, so it's not an issue. Um, I think Ronda Moore, you're still gonna wait on. It's just too iffy for me, but I think you're you're pretty solid starting AJ Green and flexing Christian Kirk. On the other side of the ball, he's back, back again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cammy Newton. Is back with the Carolina Panthers. Um, Sam Darnold expected to be out four to six weeks, placed on IR, that shoulder injury. Um, this week it's looking like P.J. Walker is going to start, um, but it's very likely that next week Cam Newton could be starting for the Carolina Panthers. Um, it is interesting to note that Matt Rule has not officially said Cam wouldn't play this week. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a shot that he could 
play this week. I can't imagine he would start, but they definitely he definitely could get um, rotated in, I think. I'll say this about the Panthers' offense, um, whether it's P.J. Walker or Cam Newton, Arizona Cardinals' defense is a must-start this week. Hands down. Sir. Yeah. Um, for me, I really don't feel comfortable starting anyone outside of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I know DJ Moore is on the team, um, and you probably have to start him, but what about you guys? I'd flex DJ Moore if Cam Newton was playing. But that's that's like a game time decision at that point, and you should really be looking somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, it kind of seems like it won't even. Be, it's not even. It's like an in game decision, honestly. Like, so if that's the case, and it's super dicey on whether he plays at all or PJ Walker plays the whole game, whoever, whatever it may be. As you guys mentioned already, DJ Moore, you probably have to play because you know you probably picked up in the first five rounds. Um, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. Yeah, it's rough, but I mean. Depending on your roster, it's gonna be really hard to sit him. Um, so I think at but at the very very best, he's like a low end flex play. Yeah, if you got other receivers at or other yeah. options at receiver, I would definitely look elsewhere. <laughs> until... I mean, I I'd, I'd be more comfortable starting you know Darnell Mooney over really over DJ Moore. Yeah, I'll just say this about Cam Newton, which does make sense because Chicago's on bye this week. But just in general. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, I'm on Cam Newton, right? When he went to Patriots last year, uh, he had about like a month to get ready, right? Something like that. And everyone was talking about, oh, you know, is he going to get ready with like the hardest playbook of the, you know, in the NFL, supposedly. And he came in and started week one. But yeah. Cam Newton's been on this team for not even a whole day at this point. So we're talking about four days and a new offense. Like Cam Newton, even if he does play, he's not going to do anything. So it's it's I don't think it's relevant. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not rushing to pick up Cam Newton. I know a lot of people are, but I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, Cam didn't exactly show us a whole lot. I mean, last year he was only relevant because he scored so many points on the ground. It looked like, like the arm was shot, yeah. honestly. <laughs> he can now, run. It did but... look better in the preseason this year in terms of his arm strength and whatnot, which could be back. Um, But, yeah, I mean, come on. Like, guys, like, don't, don't go and run and pick up a name just because it's a name. Yeah. I... It's gonna sound dumb, but I disagree with what you guys are saying. Like, I'm not big on Cam Newton this week, but if you're in like a 12 plus team league because of his rushing upside, you have to at least take a flyer on him, especially if you're struggling. You mean, yeah. but you mean as a backup this week, though? Like, I, and then look to see what may happen in the future. Well, yeah, I'm talking about just pick him up, put him on your team, and hopefully he like he's producing two rushing touchdowns a game, maybe something like that, you know. And then it's someone who could help you out. It, it, it's worthy of taking a flyer on him if you're struggling. I mean, I don't hate that take only because like Matt Rule is a uh, you know a college coach and his offense is very collegiate like, yeah. Um, and a zone read type of offset uh, offense with Chris McCaffrey and Cam Newton is pretty appetizing. So we saw Sam Darnold's rushing numbers back when Sam Darnold was producing. Cam Newton can do more than that. So true. Uh Moving on, the Vikings taking on the Chargers. Uh, Chargers are three-point favorites, over-unders 53 points. Um, Keenan Allen didn't practice Wednesday. He was back at practice Thursday in limited fashion. Um, Are you starting Keenan Allen? Obviously, probably. Uh, Mike Williams? (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> Take a breath. 
Oh my god, Mike Williams is killing me this year. He started off so great, and now it's like, as I think I said it last week, like I'm going all Dennis Green and saying that he is who we thought he was. Um, yeah, and, I mean, it's it's the boomer bust territory now. It is. It is. It like because it's really bust when it's bust, and it's really boom when it's boom. But it's it's literally he might be the ultimate boomer bust in the entire fantasy world. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like he goes for 25 or 2. Yep. <laughs> it's almost Mike Evan-ish, you know, um, same realm for me. Um, but I feel like you have to start him in a game where they're predicting more than 53 points scored. This week, I feel like with Keenan Allen, I know they're not worried about him in the game, but if Keenan Allen's like battling any kind of injury and he doesn't produce in that weekend, like this weekend might be the weekend I would like be off of Mike Williams. Um, hopefully trade him, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I feel like he, he needs probably to have too late. another big game for you to trade him at this point. Like you can trade him right now. You know? well, it feels like could, one of his but... last opportunities because yeah. of Keenan Allen being, you know, it didn't practice on Wednesday with a knee ailment. I mean, if he didn't practice with a knee injury, I know they're optimal, like optimistic about it, but he's not going to be a hundred percent when Sunday comes. Yeah, uh, it's tough. Um, Chargers had three tight ends that were in the top 15 for tight ends last week. Um, are you starting any of the tight end options? No. Yeah. Or, well, I guess I would be. Honest, it, it's just such a crapshoot. It's, it's a I mean, crapshoot. Um. Parham and Cook are the best options. The third guy, whose name I don't even know at this point, Steven Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he got a touchdown. I, I wouldn't be too worried about him. It still seems like Jared Cook, even though the other guys got the touchdowns. Yeah, I feel like that's that's really the only one you can start confidently, right? It's not even that confident either is the issue. Yeah, I mean he's certainly getting you know most of the plays and more of the targets, but like he's apparently non-existent in the red zone. To you know, uh, Herbert there, and it's all Parham, which that's not completely crazy. Parham's like six foot eleven or something; like he's crazy tall. I think he's officially okay. like, he's officially like six foot eight, but like it's still yeah, crazy tall. for an NFL uh, player in general. Um, yeah, that's Mo Ali Cox territory. But uh, Eckler, we don't have to tell you to start. Um, Dalvin Cook, but we just did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dalvin Cook on the other end is in some dicey legal trouble popping up this week as being sued by his ex-girlfriend for physical and emotional abuse while Cook says that he was the victim of domestic abuse and extortion. So, yikes. Um, As of right now, though, Cook's still expected to play right now. Um, There hasn't been any word from the NFL. They said they said they're really just gathering information on the situation, won't make a statement until they have more of the facts as to what happened. Sounds like no one really knows what happened exactly. Now I did find a post from dailymail.com, which is a British tabloid company, with pictures of uh, his girlfriend and she was beat to shit. Oh no. Like she had like the blood all over her like she had this big gash across her forehead, blood all over her shirt and stuff. It was pretty rough. Uh, her accounts of the, of the details are pretty bad, like where he threw her over a coffee table and she smacked her head on the ground. That's what made the cut. Then he picked yes. her up and threw her to the ground, ground again. Then she ran to his bedroom and grabbed his gun. And that's when uh, they had apparently had other people in the house. And that's when they called the cops. 
So those wow. are the details from like for her account. Um, obviously, you know, we it's not verified. This is what just what she's saying. Um, but it could lead to pretty severe action. The thing is, though, with it being so late in the year, it might not matter for your fantasy football season. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I hadn't read any of that, so that's pretty crazy, and I haven't seen those pictures either. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not looking great. Hopefully, if Cook is on your team, you have Madison as a handcuff. Um, but for this week, you can probably start Cook. Uh, receivers, though, you know, obviously Jeff- Justin Jefferson, um, Adam Thielen, you're starting. I also think Conklin is a good start this week. Um, Chargers are one of the worst teams, or giving up one of the most points to the tight end position in the league. So, um, that about does that. <laughs> um, Eagles taking on the Broncos. Um, Jalen Hurts um, now has back-to-back weeks with less than 20 points after the electric fantasy start to uh, the season. Um, he's playing the third-best defense against quarterbacks this year in the Denver Broncos, who obviously just shut down Dak Prescott. And the Dallas Cowboys, so are you worried or benching Jalen Hurts this week? As the, I believe, the only Jalen Hurts owner at this table, I am actually. Um, he's back-to-back weeks where, like, real football is starting to show up as a as bad fantasy football, and I'm worried against a very good Broncos defense, so I am benching him. And just so you guys know, I am streaming Matt Ryan in his place. Okay. I I don't yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, definitely. I'm off of Jalen Hurts. Uh at least for a week or two. He's playing the Saints next week also. If you're a Jalen Hurts owner, look for Shit, somebody else. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Um and Matt Ryan is a great replacement. Definitely some guys floating around hopefully for you. Uh Devonta Smith um had a pretty good week last week, over a hundred yards and a touchdown. But if you're off Jalen Hurts, are you off Smith as well? See, I think it's a different argument. Jalen Hurts, you know, had less than twenty points, which isn't terrible. He had like sixteen, but Smith was basically the only person he really targeted, so he ended up putting a pretty good stat line. With Smith, though, it's been pretty volatile in terms of you know what's going to happen week in week out. So, uh, I think at best he's a flex play only because you don't know what may happen. That's exactly what I was going to say. At best, a flex play. It's too inconsistent. Uh, what about the Eagles' backfield? For me personally, I'm not touching any of them. But um, would you feel comfortable playing Jordan Howard at all? Quarantine him. <laughs> Quarantine. Uh, Philly is now the worst defense against tight ends, uh, overtaking the Baltimore Ravens. So, congrats to them. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> um. So Noah Fant becomes a pretty good play, right? Extremely good play. Yeah. Uh, so starting Noah Fant, um, um, on the in the backfield for the Denver Broncos, I like both backs this week. I think you can start both of them. Uh, possibly might talk about them later in the starts of the week. I don't know, but I also think Teddy Bridgewater is a good streamable option this week. 
if you're looking for a stream since week five, Teddy Bridgewater is the QB nine. So, um, I know a little surprise for you there. Um, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, start both of them as well. Mm. <laughs> mm. I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not knowledgeable enough to really to speak on that. <laughs> I'm not knowledgeable on the, the Broncos wide receivers. I mean that that's fair. Honestly, the for the receiver matchup, this isn't a great matchup for receivers against Philly. They're actually uh, in the top fifteen of the league. So that's a little dicey, um, but they're easy to run on. So I think, as James mentioned earlier, that uh, that uh, both running backs are probably solid plays here. Yeah, I'm a little weary of uh, Denver receivers right now, too. Cortland Sutton had a terrible week last week. Jerry Judy had eight targets, uh, six receptions, 69 yards. Um, so I'm really not looking to start any of them right now. It's kind of a crapshoot between Tim Patrick, Corlin Sutton, and Jerry Judy. So, um, you know, if you have one of those three guys, maybe you are throwing them in there and hoping for the best. Probably Jerry Judy's the one that you have to start if he's on your team, I would imagine, but just because of the upside. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be excited about starting any of them. Uh, Chiefs take on the Raiders on Sunday night football. Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. The over-under is 51 and a half points. Uh, so this game has got a lot of potential for fantasy purposes. Um, I think there's plays on both sides of the ball here, uh, obviously. Um, so starting with the Chiefs side, you know, it's been rough, but you got to stick with Mahomes, Tyreek, and Kelsey. Um, but also Clyde is making his way back, but probably not going to play this week. Um, so Daryl Williams uh, becomes a good play at running back too. Um, do you guys have any concerns for the Chiefs in this game against the Raiders? Um, not particularly, really. I think the Chiefs will have a, a pretty good game. The Raiders struggle against the run, and if anyone's gonna have the best game on the Chiefs' offense, probably be Daryl Williams. The best game, like the most fantasy points scored. Yes. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> I thought you were going to give us a little more intake on your, uh, <laughs> your Travis Kelsey take there. Um, but, okay. Um, interesting enough, like, they, Clyde Edwards Lair actually has a decent chance of coming back. They said if he does, it's going to be on a pitch count. Uh, but he's looked great at practice. You know, sounds like some preseason talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's back, that definitely it kills Darrell Williams' value oh, yeah, because sure. they'll be more of a 50-50 split, and that sucks if Edwards doesn't come back, which you know you hope for as a, an owner either one. Honestly, if either one if he comes back, like you're you can't play either one of them really. But if he doesn't, I think Williams is a great play. Uh, on the Vegas side, Derek Carr should be looking at a pretty good matchup here against Kansas City. Um. So probably a, a solid streaming option if he's available um, or if he's your backup. Um, but would you be comfortable? I mean, you're starting Darren Waller, but are you starting anyone else um, for the Raiders? Um, Hunter Renfro, if we're talking about receivers, is probably like the one who would be like the most sought after at this point. After that, it would be Zay Jones in my mind. 
Uh, what about the running backs? Kenyon Drake still over Josh Jacobs. Until Josh Jacobs gets his feet under him, that's where he gets his points, and he doesn't have his feet under him, and Kenyon Drake is producing right now. Um, I mean, outside of Darren Waller for the pass catchers, I'm super dicey playing any of them, um, just because the one thing that Derek Carr... Maybe that maybe that's why people you know give him crap all the time is because he's actually really good at spreading the ball around. Um, like he's not he never like hones in on one guy. I think he truly kind of gives or you know gets what the defense is giving him. Like he just tends to make the right play, and maybe that's why people don't like him because um, they're like throw it to you know whoever. Anyways, um, that's why I'm not gonna play any of the receivers. With that being said, though, the one guy he does target plenty out of the backfield is Kenyon Drake. Um, so. Ken Drake's a great flex play. I think Josh Jacobs is also a great flex play this week against a terrible Kansas City defense. Do you think they take some shots at Deshaun Jackson down the field in his first game with the team? Yeah, probably. Honestly, I mean, how hard is it? Like, you don't have to know the playbook. Like, hey, dude, just go run a nine. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's what he does. Yeah, so I don't know. I wouldn't feel comfortable throwing Deshaun Jackson in my flex anywhere, but – I can see two of them happening at least. I mean, watch him probably come down. Like just because we're saying don't start him, he'll probably have like two touchdowns for 110 yards off two yeah. catches. Derek Carr <laughs> yeah. is one of the deep and one of the best deep pass throwers in the league. It could be a nice con- connection for sure. Yeah, again, don't start him, but he is—he's just likely to give you absolutely nothing. Yeah, boom. Has to go for two catches on two targets and two touchdowns for over 100 yards. He really is like that likely to do to be either one or the other. Yeah. Uh, We'll finish it off here with Monday Night Football. The Rams taking on the 49ers. Um, Hopefully we'll have a good game on Monday Night Football. This last Thursday night game was not good. Um, (laughs) Unless you like defense. Yeah. (laughs) Or you're a Dolphins fan. Um, So the Rams, this can't be right. They're favored by 40 points. (laughs) Oh, uh, 4.0. 4, <laughs> okay. four, four points. <laughs> uh, Rams are favored by four points. Over-unders 49 points. Um, George Kittle came back off uh, injury report uh, last week and had a big game, 100 yards and a touchdown. So I think you're you're comfortable throwing him in your tight end position, obviously. Um, I guess it, it'll be uh, Jimmy G again. Um, so the offense will pretty much remain the same. I still think you can play, you know, Elijah Mitchell, um, until someone knocks him off, um, the hill, whether it's Jeff Wilson or or whoever. Um, I think he's pretty much established as the RB one there. Um, so, you know, they didn't get Jeff. That's a first since Frank Gore left. Yeah. Finally. Um, you know, Jeff Wilson didn't get any work at all, and maybe that's just because it was his first week back. Maybe we'll see him this week. But I still think it's Elijah Mitchell's show. I don't think you should hesitate starting him even against the Rams. Um, But what about the receivers? Debo Samuel's back um, 100% healthy, so he's he should be looking to bounce back. But would you start Brandon Ayuk, who finally had a game worth note last week? Um, six receptions, eighty nine yards, and a touchdown. Is it enough for you to flex him? I wouldn't if I had to, unless I had to. Yeah, I mean, 
coming off of one performance like that, you just have to see consistency. But if you have to play him, I wouldn't feel as bad as I would without last week's performance. Yeah, this honestly, this offense becomes, in terms of choosing your pass catchers, becomes really hard to do. Because Debo took a pretty big backseat last week to Kittle and Ayuk. And with Jimmy G as the quarterback, I don't think he can make all three of them relevant week in, you know, in any given week. So that yeah. means you're probably going to have to pick two of them week in and week out. And that kind of sucks. Now um, you're probably out of the most weeks, you're probably going to pick Kittle and Debo just because they're the more consistent guys. But that means there are going to be weeks where IU pops and Debo or Kittle takes a major step back. Yeah. It's, it's tough going forward. Um, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm considering starting a Uke in a couple of leagues, but I'm not, I don't feel great about it. Right. I want to see a couple of weeks of, of nice production from him. I think I, I kind of agree with your take. I don't know if Jimmy G can, can, can make that many guys relevant on an offense. He's just not skilled enough to really be, you know, tearing defenses up, um, through the air. So, and I think, you know, at the core of this offense, Shanahan wants to run the ball and, you know, get guys the ball in space and let them make plays. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about Ayuk. I really hope he can have a big second half of the season, but I don't think I'm starting him this week. Uh, Rams had one of their worst showings of the season as an offense last week. Still, though, cups, cups. <laughs> Cup and Woods were both uh, top 15 receivers. And as we all know, Odell Beckham Jr. is now a Los Angeles Ram. Do you hesitate at all starting Cup or Woods this week? No, not at all. Not yet. No, me either. I think, you know, Odell, it might have a slight impact on Woods. I don't think it'll impact Cup at all. Slight impact on Woods biggest impact is going to be on Van Jefferson. He might disappear. I don't know. Yeah, I think Van Jefferson ends up being uh, definitely the odd man out. I mean, and how could he not be? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, a second-year player versus, you know, Cooper Cup, who is the number one receiver in the game this year, uh, one of the best receiver number twos in the league in Robert Woods, and OBJ, who, you know, the first four years of his career was on. Likes to get pooped on. <laughs> the first four years of his career uh, was on a Hall of Fame pace, like a Jerry Rice almost type level in terms of the numbers he was putting up. And obviously that fell off after the trade and the injuries, whatever. But like the talent hasn't left, you know? Yeah. Um, now, in terms of fantasy wise, I still don't think he's very relevant this year for the rest of the season, honestly, because he's still going to be the number three guy there. Um, Slash four. Tyler Higby exists, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> uh, no, Higby's still still a decent play um, week in and week out, but it changes the offense, and honestly, just gives him more weapons, and maybe you get a slight tick down from Cup, but it's very unlikely. Um, I don't know. OBJ just is not still a play for me this, this year at all. Yeah, and um, Daryl Henderson didn't have a great week last week, but for me, he's, he's an RB2 this week. I think you still got to play him. He's been consistent throughout most of the year. So, yeah, I mean, he's been right there as a low end RB one versus a extremely high end RB. He's like been like re- running back like eleven for most of the year. So, I think he's just fine. 
Alrighty, let's get into the starts of the week then. Um, who wants to start us off? I'll start off. My quarterback start of the week be Derek Carr. Why don't you feel very excited about this? Oh, <laughs> oh I don't know. I, I feel like you guys weren't ready, so I was like, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> so I'll just tell mine. Mine's Derek Carr versus the Chiefs this week. Um, Kansas City's had a couple good games this year, but anytime they play against, against like a mediocre plus quarterback, they get they get pooped on. And Derek Carr is better than that. And so uh, we all basically agree Derek Carr's floor is around 20 points. He had a bad game last week, but last year when he played the Chiefs, he put out 22-plus points both times, and he's had 20-plus points most games this year. So, Yeah, I like the pick. I was last at the dock, and I wanted Derek Carr as my pick. Ooh. Oh, really? Then yeah. stole him. Stole him right from under my feet. Um, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, this might be a little more chalky, but I just wanted to put him in there because he had such a shitty game last week. But I'm going with Dak Prescott. Um, I mean, and and I'm only doing this because like people be like, "Oh hey. no, what happened to Dak last week? He played crap." Because you know, I I can't play him this week. Like, stop. Like, calm down. Take a breath. Have a shot or two. Like, <laughs> calm the nerves. He's gonna be just fine, guys. Yeah. Um, if you take away uh, that awful game last week and then his really really poor week two performance. He's been averaging 24 points a game. That put him at receiver five on the year. I mean, come on. Quarterback five. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say receiver <laughs> five? Yeah. yeah. He's switching positions, actually. Yeah. He's he's, he's going to throw the ball and catch the ball <laughs> at the same time. It's going to be amazing. Probably better than Cooper. <laughs> no, never, dude. Um, but on top of that, I mean, he's going to go against a really poor Falcons passing defense or just defense in general. Um, I, ex- I, I honestly do expect Dak to come back with a absolute vengeance go for 30 this week Ooh. and be qb number one well to do that he would have to beat this guy who is the oldest man in the nfl tom brady he's my quarterback of the week and obviously it's a bit chalky going against the football washington football team who is giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season 24.8 and brady's the qb one on the season averaging 25.8 points per game. So I will also give you a nice stream of the week, which I mentioned earlier, but Teddy Bridgewater, I think you can start with confidence. Uh, Since week five, Bridgewater is the QB nine in the entire NFL. I know it's crazy. 21 points last week against the Cowboys. Look, he can, uh, he can supply you with a nice fantasy day. If you don't have, a solid option at quarterback. So, um, and he's got a good matchup. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like the stream. I think actually Tom Brady, I mean, obviously you're starting up Brady. Like, don't get me wrong. He's still going to be probably a top 10 tight end or Jesus. Everyone's switching. Uh, <laughs> Everybody is, is switching on? positions <laughs> on me this week. What realm are we in? <laughs> um, he's taking Gronk's place. Yeah. Uh, he's, he'll be a top 10 quarterback. <laughs> drugs are you on right now? <laughs> the beer is really getting in my head. Um, no, he'll be a top 10 QB this this week. But um, I think he's – I temper him just a little bit because he's missing, like, all of his <laughs> weapons. <laughs> Jesus. Have mm-hmm. you heard that? That was James's dog yeah. trying to tear down the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on. Running back, Trey. <laughs> uh, my running back start of the week is going to be James Conner versus the Panthers. 
Um, a bit of a cheap one, but the Panthers have given up a lot of uh, fantasy points on the ground to running backs, not necessarily like, through the air. Mm. And that's where James Conner gets his. And we know Chase Edmonds is going to be out for a couple of weeks. We don't really know what you know Benjamin's going to be looking like. He's not really proven yet. And um, if you add to the fact that P.J. Walker is going to be starting for the Panthers or maybe Cam Newton off of three days of learning the playbook, um, it just looks good for the Cardinals to be winning most of the game, which favors running most of the game, which is what James Conner will be doing. Yeah, it's a nice dig on the ground because I think Carolina overall has been pretty good against running backs as far as giving up fantasy points. But on the ground, it's different. Uh, Tyler, who's your running back? Yeah, I'm going with Najee Harris, uh, guy who's probably going to win rookie of the year. Hey, off the rookie don't go year. out on a limb here, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Don't let me forget about Jamar Chase. Um, <laughs> wait, didn't I tell you Najee's playing linebacker this week? <laughs> Najee's yeah playing the Lions. Yeah, he's playing so. he's playing the Lions. Um, <laughs> they're giving up almost 30 points a game to to running backs. Uh, second worst defense against running backs in the league. And I've given up 16 touchdowns to them. Uh, it's tied with the Jets for the worst in the league. So Najee's going to be, you know, huge. He's already a top five back for the year at just over, at just over 17 points a game. But if you take away his awful week one, which was, you know, by the way, his first game in the NFL when he had five points, he'd actually be the number two running back in the league behind only Derrick Henry, who is now not playing. So that means that he'd be the number one overall running back in the league right now, even ahead of Jonathan Taylor if you remove week one. Uh, my running back start of the week is going to be Javante Williams slash Melvin Gordon. <laughs> um, in all seriousness though, I mean, I think you can start both of these guys. I do like Javante Williams more this week, but I think you can start both of them, uh, against the Eagles who haven't been great against the run. Um, and Williams looked incredible last week. 6.5 yards per carry, 17 attempts, 111 yards. He's been great all year. Uh, but Melvin Gordon also has been getting his share of the workload and also has produced. Um, now, his yards per carry weren't great last week. He had 21 attempts for 80 yards. That's 3.8 yards per carry, but also had a touchdown and a couple targets through the air. So, um you know, you hope whoever you start in this backfield is the one who ends up with the touchdown, but um, I think you can start both this week. Um, Eagles are giving up the fifth most points per game to the running back position, so nice matchup. Yeah, uh, honestly, it's, they're both good plays. Melvin Gordon is one of those guys that, like, infuriates you as a non-owner of him because, like, you think Javante Williams, who's the more talented back out of the two of them, should get more touches and Melvin Gordon's just there year in and year out. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna put up a you know a solid running back two pace all year long. And I'm just gonna be here and you know make you angry. Yeah. Who's your receiver? Uh mine this week is Michael Pittman, probably for like like the <laughs> fourth or fifth time this year. Um in a you row. Have, you haven't been you haven't been wrong though. Yeah, so. <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I got Michael Pittman versus the Jaguars. Uh the Jaguars have honestly done pretty good against a couple of teams this year with you good just receivers. Start up the dock for next week and we can just throw them <laughs> throw them in, in your Yeah, Michael Pittman, <laughs> Dan Arnold, Mike Desicki. Those are like my regulars, honestly. Um But in the last five games, Pittman has five touchdowns. 
He's been playing majority of snaps all season. He's the obvious wide receiver one. I don't think T.Y. Hilton, it will really affect that if he does even come back. I just think him and uh, Wentz are hot right now, and it just keeps rolling. Who's rolling, your right? rolling, rolling, <laughs> rolling. What? Yeah. Who you like, Ty? Receiver. Uh, I'm going to go to Tyler Lockett, who's a guy we have not talked much about like all year. Um, He had a couple of big games right at the jump. As is he is normally does, then Russ went down and he did nothing until last week against Jacksonville. And yes, it's against Jacksonville, but you know he still put up a huge stat line. He had twelve catches, over hundred yards. Um, but with Russell back this week, and they have one of the best connections in the NFL. Um, I mean, you have like Russell and Tyler Lockett. They're just always seem to be on the same page. Uh, the only other combination I can put really above them would be like Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Um, in terms of like. The ball is just always where it needs to be for them, and they always just make the play. And this is going strictly off the gut because I know Lockett's been absent most of the most of the year, but I think that connection comes back super strong. Plus, as I mentioned earlier, Jared Alexander still on IR. Eric Stokes probably isn't going to play, and even if he does, he's probably going to shadow uh, DK Metcalf most of the game. That means Tyler Lockett's playing, you know, your third or fourth string corner. Um, I expect him to have a very very good game. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, mine's going to be Mike Evans against the Washington football team. Talked about it a little bit earlier, so I'll make it quick. But Chris Godwin left practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday due to a foot injury, which is rumored to be a fracture. He's going to be re-evaluated on Friday. So, Trey, keep an eye out for that news because I know it's fairly important to you right now. But Bucks are also planning to be without Antonio Brown, uh, Gronkowski, and Scotty Miller. So that leaves Mike Evans, Tyler Johnson, and whoever else wants to get involved. But uh, Mike Evans is ninth in the league right now in air yards. Um, He's second in the league in average depth of target for receivers with at least 30 receptions. Um, Washington football team has given up the second most points per game to the wide receiver position. Um, So not only do I think Mike Evans is a smash play, but I also think you can play Tyler Johnson this week if all those guys are also out. Who is your tight end? Mine's going to be Dan Arnold versus the Colts. Um, Pretty much the Jaguars' offense at this point is what he kind of seems to be passing-wise. But um, the Colts are bottom bottom five versus tight end so far. And uh, Dan, Arnold, Dan Arnold has led the team in targets for two weeks in a row. And like we were talking about earlier, he has the most receiving yards since he joined the team. And the, like the chemistry with Lawrence is just getting better. So he's a must start. And he plays tight end position, right, Tyler? <laughs> uh, I believe so. Let me double check that. <laughs> Urban, Urban, I think Urban Meyer is actually going to put him in the center this week. It's yeah. really weird. You know? Urban's <laughs> doing crazy things out in, out in Jacksonville. Might be a good long snapper. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually going to snap and hold. Crazy. <laughs> Um, my tight end of the week is going to be Noah Fant. Uh, it was a pretty easy call. Uh, the Eagles, as we mentioned earlier, is are now the worst defense in the league against the uh, tight ends, overtaking the uh, the Ravens, which seemed impossible for a while because the Ravens were giving up like six points more a game than like the second place guys, and the Eagles they made that up. So good for them. Um, but last week, I mean, they gave up eleven catches, one hundred and twenty six yards, and two touchdowns to Chargers tight ends. And only like a third of that went to Jared Cook. But luckily for, you know, Broncos fans and fantasy football fans and owners of Noah Fant, 
there isn't really a second tight end to even consider on this offense. It's going to be all Noah fan. Noah fan is going to have a huge game. Uh, my tight end is going to be Ricky Seals Jones for the Washington football team. Um, as long as Logan Thomas does not play, but it's not looking great. Um, as we said earlier, he was seen working off to the side at practice on Thursday, but remains on the injured reserve list. Um, wasn't officially um, listed on the team's week 10 injury report. Um, he's been out since week four, though, so it's kind of seeming unlikely that he's going to be activated this weekend if he's still kind of struggling to get back to full capacity. So um, if that's the case, Ricky Seal Jones, he's the second weapon in the receiving game on this offense behind Terry McLaurin. Um and I really don't think Washington's going to be able to run the football at all, and I think they're going to, have to throw the ball a lot to stay in the game, which bodes well for Ricky Seals-Jones, so I think he's a strong play at tight end. If Logan Thomas is back, do you have another guy to put in there? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's dying on that hill. Yeah. Um, Stink, you got a defense for the people this week. Yeah, I got a few. Um, one's super obvious, the Cardinals against the Panthers. You probably are not going to be able to get a hold of the Cardinals defense because they've been performing pretty well lately. But if you can, get a hold of them. I uh, like the Browns versus the Patriots. I think the Browns defense is going to do pretty good. They walloped Cincinnati last week. I uh, got 16 fantasy points. Walloped. Walloped. Um, <laughs> what a great word. Walloped yeah. is a great word. Yeah. And they were all over them. And I haven't la- seen that all. Hey, That's last time like Cleveland that. played a rookie quarterback, uh, with Justin Fields in week three. And that was the last time they got double-digit points, and they're playing Mac Jones and the Patriots this week. So that's interesting. And uh, a deeper one, Irby might not agree with me, but I like the Packers against the Seahawks um, just because Russell Wilson coming off an injury, Chris Carson maybe coming off an injury. It just throws well, a lot of question marks into the into the fold, and the Packers haven't really had less than five points all season. So they have a really safe floor, and they could possibly capitalize on um, some injuries not being recovered like the Seahawks hoped. Yeah. Honestly, I really like the Cleveland play there. Um, I mean, that's with New England also possibly missing their top two backs, and so you're just more reliant on Mac Jones to you know pass the ball around, which – yeah. He's been efficient, but not like super productive. So I like that play a lot. I like the Green Bay pick. <laughs> I'm sure you do, Homer. <laughs> um, righty. Well, that'll do it for our matchup episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys and gals listening. Uh, make sure you hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, and good luck this weekend in your games. Uh, we will catch you next week for our waiver wire show so we'll talk to you later later bye bye <laughs>